We're now knee-deep in the basketball season. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com, covering the entire Big 12. And let's welcome on a friend of the show. Ashley Hodge, one of the owners of Sikkim 365. If you want Baylor Bears coverage, uh, these guys do an absolutely outstanding job. And uh, we appreciate their friendship and um, everything that they do for the Big 12, and specifically, of course, for Baylor. Ashley, let's uh, dive into this team here. Now, They've lost two or three. They're still the defending champs. They're still a top five team in the country. How are Baylor fans feeling? How are you feeling right now about this team after, you know, what was by, especially by Baylor standards, a fairly rocky week? Yeah, no question about it. I think, you know, you want to protect your home court and Baylor dropped two at home. Uh, The Texas Tech game is a little bit more understandable. Great team, probably going to finish near the top of the uh, standings in the Big 12. But then you turn around and, and you lose one to Oklahoma State, who's coming off of uh, their third straight road game in, in five days. So that was a shocker. Uh, that was one of the worst performances I've seen of, of a Baylor team, certainly in the last three years, but but even longer at home. But then they turn around and without their point guard, and, and really the story of that Oklahoma State game was uh, James Akinjo, the guy that you know stirs the drink, so to speak. You know, their their all league caliber point guard was hobbled by an injury that he suffered in the, at the end of the Texas tech game on Tuesday night last week. And he wasn't, he shouldn't have tried to give it a go against Oklahoma state. He was ineffective and uh, played, you know, limited minutes shot poorly and just really couldn't, couldn't shake the injury. So he sat out against West Virginia. So you go on the road without your point guard playing the Bob Huggins team and the expectations I would say were very low, but the bears were able to get it done thanks to some great performances by L.J. Pryor, Adam Flagler, Matt Meyer, uh, Jonathan Chamochachua. Everybody really stepped up and and fulfilled a role there to get that road win. And so now they go to Oklahoma, and the uh, status of James Akinjo and Jeremy Sohan is still uncertain. I think uh, Baylor fans feel like once they get those two guys back that they'll be closer to the version that they saw earlier in the year uh, when they played your alma mater, Villanova, and uh, you know also beat Michigan State, Oregon on the road. So I, th- I think they're just looking forward to getting those guys healthy and and then seeing what kind of damage they can do as we head into March. What and and you know I think that um, when you're Scott Drew, you've had his success, you've won a national championship, you're the defending champs. I mean, I, I'm sure that Scott Drew and you tell me if I'm wrong based on you know covering and knowing the team like you do. I can't imagine Ashley that he's worried at all right now because like you said getting healthy and and peaking in march is i think way more important right now for this baylor team than you know making sure you're hitting all cylinders in the middle of january right yeah i I do agree with that i also think the regular season is is crucial for baylor they have an opportunity to have their path to new orleans be starting in fort worth which would be great you know they would have their home fans there Uh, to watch them in Fort Worth. And then the next step would be San Antonio if they can advance to the Sweet 16. And then, you know, getting their home crowd behind them in San Antonio would be a big plus as well. So, you know, those are some important things. You would would much rather be a one seed playing in Texas than to be a two or three seed uh, playing in a bracket where another team's going to have the home crowd behind them. Uh, But, you know, I think to your point, you know, getting healthy is critical. 
and if, if the Bears can weather the storm until they get Akinjo and, and Sohan back and, and can avoid injuries at other key positions, I, I think they're in pretty pretty good position here. And if you look at kind of what they've got the rest of the month here, it's Oklahoma, K-State, Alabama, West Virginia, not, not the uh, gauntlet that this league can be. Uh, that comes later in the season uh, for the Baylor Bears. So what about this league, Ashley? I mean, the Big 12 has been incredibly deep on uh, the basketball court for multiple seasons in a row now, but it's crazy to think. I mean, this may be its deepest yet, I, and I can't believe I'm saying that. What What do you make as we're, you know, a few weeks in the conference play here? I think it's the strongest the league's ever been, uh, top to bottom. I wow. mean, I think that there there have been years where – the top three or four teams have been better collectively. But when you, when you look at the fact that, I mean, I'm looking at the Ken Palm standings right now and every team is in the top 65, you've got TCU and Kansas state at the bottom and, and even Oklahoma state. And, and those two are teams that can beat anybody on any given night. They play such good defense and, you know, in, in TCU's case, they, they rebound the ball really well uh, Kansas State, just a, a really tough team to beat. They're gritty, and and Bruce Weber's, you know, always got them well coached. So, so I think, and then you look at Iowa State, who was expected to be near the bottom, and and their defense is is terrific too. Uh, they're a little bit offensively challenged at times, as, as some of these teams in the league are. But, but I, but I think when you just factor in how good the defenses are across across the whole conference, uh, I mean, just looking at the uh, Ken Palm stats. Every single defense in the top 33 in the country, uh, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to score in this league. And, and even if you're a great offensive team, you know, which I think Baylor and Kansas probably are, are the best in the conference in that regard, um, you know, there can be some nights where you just look terrible like, like Baylor did against Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State's defense is so good. Uh, they're top 10 defense. So um, it's, it's, it's a grind, and, and if you don't bring the uh, physicality and the effort and intentionality, you're going to get beat, and uh, we're seeing a lot of surprising results you know, because of that. Absolutely. Ashley Hodges joining us, Sikkim 365. Great to have him on, and, of course, they do an outstanding job covering uh, the Baylor Bears. Who right now do you feel like, Ashley, watching this league is the biggest threat to, to your Baylor Bears at the top of the conference? Oh, well, certainly Kansas. I, you know, Kansas is uh, not – I don't think it's one of their better teams, but mm-hmm. they're very capable of winning the league and, and very capable of winning the whole thing. Uh, you know, they they are tough to beat on their home court, we know. Um, some some would say there might be a couple extra uh, players out there uh, dressed up in, in, in officials' uniforms at times. Uh, as we saw, Iowa State, you know, got a key – uh, call go against them, you know, a goaltend that uh, didn't get called that, that might have decided that game. So I think that, you know, Kansas is really tough to beat on their home court. And, you know, I think that uh, Texas Tech is up there as well. I, I really respect what Mark Adams has been able to accomplish. They play extremely hard. And, and it, it, you know, I think if I was going to, you know, bet on the teams that will be there at the end of this conference race, I think those three, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, are, are the top three. And then you just got a ton of teams that are just in that middle that are probably going to finish, you know, with between seven and 10 wins. And, you know, there are going to be a lot of NCAA teams because there's really no bad losses in this league, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a, 
it's going to be tough to rise above, you know, uh, for any team, even Baylor, Kansas, and Texas Tech. I mean, no game is a gimme, but uh, certainly those teams, I think, have separated themselves so far. I mean, that's what's crazy. Iowa State's still in the top 15, and they won't be next week. But, you know, they're 2-4 and four, tied for last place in the league. It just goes to show you how crazy uh, the Big 12 is right now. So, I mean, as you, we talk a lot about conference realignment from a football perspective, Ashley, and, of course, that's coming down the pike here. But, I mean, basketball, since that's really your bread and butter, what do you, what do you think the Big 12 is going to be when, when OU and Texas are gone and then UCF, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati are in this league? How will it change the, the basketball perspective of the Big 12? Oh, I, I think it potentially upgrades the basketball perspective. I mean, you know, OU and Texas have been solid programs. They're they're by no means juggernauts, and uh, well, Texas is a preseason juggernaut. <laughs> yeah. I need to make that clear. Uh, every year, a preseason juggernaut. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's. I think you're adding Houston, who arguably, you know, is, is a is a higher quality program at least right now than Texas is. And then I think with BYU and Cincinnati, Cincinnati's, you know, had a little bit of a down period here. Uh, UCF, I think, is potentially uh, a sleeping giant just because of their location and, and, and the conference upgrade, I think, will really help them recruiting-wise. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a still the premier league in, in basketball. You still have Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech. Uh, you know, Mark Adams is 65. We'll see what happens as Texas Tech, you know, continues uh, to – you know, develop, but Iowa state looks like they're back. And, and, you know, certainly, you know, you got still have Bob Huggins who may coach forever. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a really tough league. And, and I, I, I think that uh, the, uh, the conference as a whole will, will be as good or better once these uh, new entrants come into the league. Yeah. It's, it's going to be so, so much fun, so much fun. Now, Ashley, uh, speaking of Baylor, you think about this run, the athletic department's been on national champs on the hardwood, Big 12 champions in football, uh, Sugar Bowl champions, of course, as well. What is just the enthusiasm right now around Baylor athletics? I hope it's high, but I got to be honest, Ashley, I saw a lot of Baylor fans ragging on the fact that during that Texas Tech loss, it felt like people were in Lubbock. So are are fans taking this run for granted? What's going on down there? (laughs) I don't think it's that. I I think, you know, students weren't back, you know, I was at that game and there was probably 8,500 to 9,000 butts in seats and, and maybe 1,500 tech fans in, in the building. I, I think that Baylor's basketball audience is, is about 7,000 on a weeknight game consistently. You know, weekday games are different because um, a lot of the season ticket holders, a lot of the alumni live in Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. Uh, so they'll drive up for weekend games, but the, especially those 6 p.m. tips, uh, like that game was, it's a little more difficult for basketball fans to to make it to the Farrell Center if you live in Dallas, Houston, or, or San Antonio. But if Tech for, fan, for but in games. fairness, if Tech fans are making the trip, then what's the excuse for the Baylor fans? That's what I want to know. Well, there there's actually a very large contingent of uh, Texas Tech grads in Waco because oh. uh, they have an affiliation with gotcha. the, the school there. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of Texas Tech grads in Waco. But but yeah, to your point, I think that there's seven thousand. Seat capacity is is a really good number for for uh, Baylor, and that's what they're going to build in this new arena. I think it's going to really help keep the visiting fans out because because Baylor's demonstrated, 
that they can put, you know, 6,000 to 7,000 butts and seats for weeknight games and, and more for weekend games. But, hey, you're, you're doing this to create atmosphere. So if a lot of Baylor fans get shut out of the weekend games, then, then that's just a, a part of um, building this great atmosphere. So I, I think that's a perfect number for their fan base. Interesting. And, and just to give some comparison, I think uh, Cameron Indoor, where Duke is at, is about 9,000. So it's not – Yep. I, you know, when Duke is doing nine, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Baylor having a great atmosphere with 7,000 is uh, is a smart play, is a smart play on their part. And that's got to be what the school's thinking, right? right. Gonzaga's 6,000. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think they're definitely looking at schools that have a little bit, you know, similar, um, you know, size of student population and, and uh you know, really, they, they really studied this and, and certainly, you know, they, they came up with that number thinking that that's going to be, you know, the ideal number to make sure it's a rocking atmosphere yeah. every single game. It's smart. And my alma mater, Villanova's got a 6,500. So that makes, you know, it, it does yep. make sense. Yep. Uh, football wise, I just, you know, you and I haven't spoken here in a bit. So since, since this football season wrapped up, Dave Aranda was on a hot list for a lot of uh, other teams. I, I got to be honest. I mean, the way that, that, your university and Mac Rhodes has hit back-to-back home runs on football hires with, with, jeez, um, why am I blanking on the guy in Carolina? Help me out Matt here, Rule. Ashley. Matt yeah. Rule. Um, Matt Rule. Matt what Rule. he's done yep. with Matt Rule and then Dave Aranda. I mean, what are the odds you go two for two coming out of what happened with Art Bryles? It's really amazing and a testament to to what I believe is uh, a very solid athletic department culture right now in Waco. Yeah, and, and and I'm I'm a huge fan of Nikki Collin, you know, the women's basketball coach. I think she's terrific. I think she's going to build a powerhouse her own way. I mean, it's going to take her. She's so different than Kim Mulkey that it's going to be a, a different style and, and a different uh, culture, but I think it's going to ultimately be great. Um, yeah, Mac Rose is very exhaustive in the interview process. You know, I've been told from insiders that, you know, sometimes – interviews for jobs uh with other athletic directors may last an hour or two i mean his his interviews are sometimes four or five six hours and and i think it shows in in the quality of hires that he ends up with uh that's a real strength of his and and you know the proof is in the pudding uh dave aranda is a perfect fit for waco and and i'm and i'm so glad that he's chosen to you know lay down roots there i think the school fits him like a, like a glove, you know, much like Scott Drew does for the basketball program. And, you know, I think he's got to be excited about next year because he returns almost every uh, lineman on the offensive and defensive lines. And he's also got a real big transfer and, and Jackson player from uh, Tulsa who was, who was all conference uh, for the American Athletic Conference for two or three years there. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bright future for the football program and he's got things headed the right direction. He's Ashley Hodge, one of the owners of Sikkim 365. Check him out for everything uh, Baylor Athletics. They do a great job. Ashley, great to have you on, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate you. And now, speaking of uh, people and things I appreciate, I appreciate you guys uh, because the ratings and reviews are starting to pick back up as we're in basketball season, and it means the world to me if you take 30 to 60 seconds out, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, And then I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. You can only get it by leaving a rating and review and then sending me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's how I will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. It helps this show grow, 
And that's how we end up beating ESPN and CBS and all the other big dogs when it comes to Big 12 podcasts. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.